Welcome. You are listening to sermon audio from Day 3 Church in Granite Falls, North Carolina. We invite you to join us online or in person for one of our services. For more information about our church, please visit day3church.org. Day 3 Church, experience a new day in your life. Today we're going to talk uh, about blessings flowing uh, from us. God, uh, God in, in, in this, He pours into our life's blessing and He doesn't want those blessings to stay there. He wants those blessings to get out and, uh, and, and flow to someone else. When you think about the, um, the the word blessing, what it means, there's kind of uh, various definitions for the for the word blessing. When you look in a dictionary, uh, one is an indication of God's favor. Sometimes people view it as that. Uh, another uh, definition would uh, be to look at it as as though you feel like you've got help from God. Uh, another definition is a ceremony where an ordained person, I'll uh, say more about that in, in just a moment, uh, kind of invokes or claims or bestows uh, what uh, looks to be divine help. Uh, of course, we say blessing to be a prayer before a meal. That's a, a way we view the word sometimes. Uh, and also, the, there's a definition that means approval or good wishes or something to be glad about. So I, I want you to think about that definition of blessing in terms of what we're talking about as far as outflow. Uh, God poured into our lives so we can be like a fountain and we can outflow to other people's lives and, and bless them. The, the definition means an indication of God's favor or protection. So just maybe as we outflow and bless the lives of others, maybe that can give people the feeling and indication that God cares for them that they have a, a favor from God as we bless them, as we reach out to touch them. Uh, help coming from God, just maybe as we outflow to the lives of others, they can feel like they've gained some help from, from God. Uh, a ceremony in which an ordained person in, invokes or claims to bestow a divine blessing. Uh, I want to talk about that one just a moment, because see, some of you may think, oh, that gives me an out because I'm not an ordained person. And that's why I said ordained a moment ago, kind of like that with, with like quotation marks uh, on it. Because to be honest with you, according to the Bible, the Bible views every believer as though we're a priest with something to do for him. Look, look at these verses, and then we'll uh, pick back up in, in the main part of the message. But the Bible says, To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom. And then what's that word? What does it say next? Priest, to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Next passage in First Peter. As you come to him, talking about coming to Christ as a living stone who was rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, you yourselves like living stones are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy, what? Priesthood. To offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Also in Peter, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation of people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So, so in other words, in, in, instead of thinking you have to be an ordained person to bless someone else for God to use your life. The truth of the matter is, the Bible says, if you know Christ as your Savior, you are a priest. 
And God wants to be using your life to proclaim the excellencies of Him who called you out of darkness. He wants to use your life to bless the life of others. Though the definition that we looked at meant that someone feels like they've got a sense of approval or good wishes. So maybe as we let God outflow through our lives and we reach out to touch the lives of someone else, it will make them feel like that. To have something to be glad about was also a, another definition from, from blessing. So just maybe as God infuses into our life what He wants to get out of our life to bless the lives of others, we can give others something to be glad about as we outflow and bless them. Which brings us back to the analogy of this fountain that we've been using in this series. If you've been here, you remember that top spout represents the Holy Spirit of God. We're that first basin at the very top. God wants to fill us up. He wants to bless us to the point that we naturally overflow down to the next basin, which is our family and friends, to where that fills up and then we naturally overflow into our community. And then ultimately we overflow to the ends of the earth. Kind of sounds like Acts 1-8, doesn't it? And that's what God has an anticipation for us, a plan for us. He wants us to flow into the lives of, of others. We've already seen in this series that, that He expects us to constantly be filled up so we can overflow into the lives of others. That we need to be open to the possibility of God using us in that way and really believe that God can do so, that He can fill us up to the point that we actually bless other people. So as we think about this topic of blessings flow today, I want you to notice three, three primary things. Here, here's the first one. If you're following along in your blanks and you want to write these words down inside the updates, that would be uh, cool to do. But... Uh, I want you to think about concern words or compassionate actions just for a minute. We're talking about the word bless. A lot of times people will use that word in our culture. If someone sneezes, a lot of times people will say, well, bless you or God bless you. Now, I've never made that a habit. I don't know why. I guess maybe when someone sneezes, I'm thinking I want to get away from them, you know? But I've been places before when I sneezed, and I've even had more than one person in the room say, well, bless you, or, or God bless you. So sometimes we, we think about blessing in, in words that we say. Or maybe not just because someone sneezed, but we see that someone may be down and out or whatever, and you're trying to bless them with the words that you communicate to them. And there's nothing wrong with that. We ought to communicate words of blessing to people, but my point is this. We need to go beyond just words. We need to go beyond just having concerned words for people. We actually need to have compassionate actions in our life. Look at what James tells us here. If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, in other words, you're wishing something good for them, be warmed and filled without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is it? So, so James is saying, what benefit is it for us just to look at someone and say, oh, we want you to have a peaceful life, and if you're hungry, we're sorry about that, we, we hope you'll be filled, and if you're cold, we're, we're sorry about that, we hope you'll be warm, and we've got the ability to do something about it, and we fail to do anything about it. See, it, it doesn't fully bless someone just to say, be filled and be warm. We, we need to have compassionate actions in our lives where we take steps to help them do exactly that. 
John the Baptist one time said this. The crowds came up, they were kind of in conviction, I guess, because of his preaching or whatever. And they said, what then should we do? And he answered them, whoever has two tunics is to share with him who has none. And whoever has food is to do the same. If you think about that, how, how many of us have multiple coats at home in our closets and we rarely ever wear, but maybe one or two of them? Or we have blankets stuck away that we rarely ever use. We just got them in storage. Or maybe even some type of stockpile of food or whatever the case is. But we, we've been blessed with more than we need is the thought. And if we see someone that has need, we need to go beyond just saying compassionate or concerned words and, and have compassionate action where we do something to, to meet their need to bless them. Also, this next scripture. If anyone has this world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? In other words, if, if we see someone's got a need and we're not open to trying to meet their need and minister to them, we might need to question exactly what our relationship with God is. And then he says, little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. Go beyond just what we say. We, we should say words of blessing. We should say concerned words to people, but we need to go beyond that. And outflow with more than just words to someone. We need to outflow with, with actions that minister to them. Second thing I want you to think about today is, is this. I want you to think about how God inflows blessings into our lives. God desires to bless us. God wants to pour His blessings into our lives. One instance of, of God just outright saying that is to his own people when he when he talked to uh, Israel in Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 1 through 14. We can find there a, a list, a pretty exhaustive list, but it's not a full list by any means, but we can find a, a significant list of things that God says he wants to do for his people. And I'm just going to read through those and make some comments as, as I go. And if you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments, that I command you this day, you know, Moses is, is sharing God's word with him. The Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and, and overtake you if you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the field. In other words, you can be Blessed in a metropolitan area, God will bless you there, and God will bless you in a rural place. Blessed shall be the fruit of your womb, and the fruit of your ground, and the fruit of your cattle, and the increase of your herds, and the young of your flock. And in essence, God is saying, look, I want to bless your family, I want your family to grow, but I want to bless your herds and everything else. I want those things to, to increase. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. In other words, what you go out and collect and what you cook. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. That kind of covers it a little bit, doesn't it? The, the Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before you, and they shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways, which seven in the Bible is kind of the, the number of completion or perfection, so it's like they're going to completely run, run away from you. The Lord will command 
the blessing on you in your barns and in all that you undertake. He will bless you in the land that the Lord your God has given you. The Lord will establish you as his people, holy to himself. As he has sworn to you, if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. And all the peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. And, and the Lord will make you abound in prosperity. And then he kind of repeats some of the other blessings. He's really emphasizing this. In the fruit of your womb, in the fruit of your livestock, in the fruit of your ground, within the land that the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open to you his good treasury. Now guys, I don't know, but I'm just guessing God's got a pretty good treasury, don't you? I'm suspicious sometimes. I'm just naturally suspicious being ex-law enforcement and things like that. But I wonder sometimes if there's anything in Fort Knox, you know? <laughs> I mean, the way our economy is and everything else, are we just guarding it to have this facade make us think there's something there? There may not be anything in the treasury. But I can promise you there's something in God's treasury, amen? And, and that He can meet our needs. The heavens to give you the rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hands and you shall lend to many nations but you shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. That's a pretty positive statement in my mind, isn't it to you? You know, which preference do you want? And you shall only go up and not down if you obey the commandments of the Lord which I command you today, being careful to do them. And if you do not turn aside from any of the words I command you today, to the right hand or to the left, to go after other gods to serve them. The point I want you to get out of all those verses is that God gives this tremendous list of blessings, saying that He, he has the, the desire, that he, wants to, that he wants to bless His people. I want you to think about the origin, having read that. I want you to think about the origin and, and type of blessings just for a moment. We were reading from James a moment ago. Let's revisit James for a second. It says, Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from Santa Claus. Is that what it said? Coming down from the Father of lies, coming down from God, with whom there's no variation or shadowed, Due to change. He, he's telling us the original blessing is God. That's where good and perfect gifts come from. God desires to bless us. There's something called the doxology that we sing sometimes in our churches, written by Thomas uh, Ken, who was a bishop of Bath and Wales years ago. And, and it says this, Praise God from who all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above, ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Just reaffirming to us that, that blessings come from God. He wants to give us good gifts or good blessings, but also a perfect gift. Now, there are a lot of good gifts that God gives us that might not be completely perfect, that might not last forever. There are a lot of temporary gifts God gives us. I mean, food to eat and, and different things like that, all kind of material things you can think about that maybe were needed gifts like, uh, like food and rain and shelter and health and money. And, but, but all those kind of temporary needs are not completely permanent. They, they end and they, and they have a, a failure that can take place. So James says he not only gives us good gifts, but he also gives us 
a perfect gift. And while I think there are probably many gifts that God gives us that are perfect, if you want to go to the ultimate one, the ultimate perfect gift is this. He sent His Son into this world to die on the cross for our sins so that when we believe in Him and we trust in Him, He gives us everlasting life. That never changes. That is a permanent gift. It's not a temporary gift. It's something that will bless you for all eternity. That's a perfect gift. In Romans it says the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. He wants to give us a perfect gift. See, God's gifts are not all the time material. Sometimes we buy into that and we think if, if God has really given us a perfect gift or blessing us in some way, it has to be material in its nature. But let me prove the opposite just for a minute as we read some things about Jesus. It said in Matthew 21, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey and on a colt and on the full of a beast of burden. Now, now remember who Jesus is. He's God in the flesh. God has total control over history. God could have planned things however He wanted them to be planned. God could have planned in such a way that Jesus would be born in such of a time that He could have rode into Jerusalem in a Rolls Royce if God had desired that. But instead, He... You know, somebody said Harley Davidson. Oh, somebody said... I'll forgive you. I'll ride a Kawasaki. But, uh, but anyway... But, but Jesus came in humility. Look, look at what else the Bible says about him. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests. But the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. We're, we're told the same thing over here in Luke. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I'll follow you wherever you go. And Jesus kind of you know, wants him to consider the cost for a moment and Jesus said to him foxes have holes the birds of the air have nests but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head now Jesus chose purposely to come into this world to live in humility to live pretty much in poverty Jesus was not materially blessed but no one here in their right mind would say that Jesus was not blessed amen because he's blessed beyond measure so we don't need to make the mistake of thinking that that blessing has to be just material in its nature. God wants to give us a perfect gift. He wants to bless us in so many ways. That can be material, but it can be spiritual also. But He doesn't want the blessing to stay in us. He, he wants to give us the blessing where it will flow out of us to, to touch someone else. We're also told in the Bible that we ought to ask and seek blessings Jesus said ask and it will be given to you seek and you'll find knock and it will be opened to you for everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks it will be open or which one of you if his son ask him for bread will give him a stone or if he asks for a fish will give him a serpent if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who's in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? I mean, God invites us. He, he tells us where to knock. He tells us to ask. He, he tells us to seek. That God is wanting to give us blessings. And then He uses this extreme illustration that if we who are evil, and you might not like that title, but the Bible says all of sin and fall short of the glory of God, you, me, and everyone else, 
If we are evil can figure out how to give a good gift to our children, how much more can God bless us? I, I love to be able to figure out how to give good gifts to my children, you know, to kind of find out maybe something they really want and, and maybe make them think they can't have it, and then somehow, it, you know, I, I'm able to get it. Well, one instance of that, uh, years ago when Jared was 12, he, he started playing guitar. We bought him a, a cheap guitar to start with, about maybe, I don't know, $130 or something like that. You know, I don't want to put bucks in to see if he's going to use it or, you know, just put it on the wall and, and look at it and, uh, and everything. So uh, a few years after that, he had already kind of got another guitar after that also. But uh, we were down in Greensboro and stopped by the music center for a moment. That's a mistake to do that if your kids like musical instruments. And, uh, and, and everything. So anyway, we went in to do that. And while we were there, Jerry picked up a Gibson, uh, just to, you know, some of you that don't understand, Gibson equals mega bucks. You understand that? Uh, and, and everything. He picked up a Gibson SG with P90 pickups in it, started playing it and, and everything. I couldn't hardly make him leave. And I couldn't afford it either at the time. Well, just, uh, several weeks after that, um, I received an invite to go to the Illinois Baptist State Convention because I, at the time, I was the uh, uh, training officer for the State Baptist Convention here on a contract basis to um, uh, teach people how to interview potential church planners and make decisions whether they ought to be funded and things like that. They didn't have anyone in Illinois to do it, so they flew me up to do it and uh, everything like that. So they uh, paid me something while I was there, so I flew back into Charlotte and uh, didn't have enough to buy it all, but enough to buy pay for most of it and everything. Flew back into Charlotte, found out they had one, bought it, showed up here on the way home, and Jared was here with the praise team having practice. And I didn't say anything. Man, I just kind of stood around holding it. And finally, he looked down and saw Gibson on a guitar case. And you think I gave him a million dollars. See, so I gave him a good gift, but here's the deal with that. I'm evil. We all are. We're sinners. And yet if I can figure out how to give a good gift, imagine what kind of gift God wants to give us. Not so we can put it on our wall and admire it, not so we can just keep it to ourselves. God wants to bless us. He wants His blessings to flow into our lives so we can, in turn, bless others. Which is the last thing I want you to think about this morning. We, we talked about how we need to move beyond just having words of concern. We need to have actions of compassion in our life. We talked about how God provides this divine inflow into our lives. But here's... Here's why. He, he wants us as Christians to have an outflow of, of blessings. He doesn't want us to keep it to ourselves. He, he wants us to use what He gives us to bless and touch the lives of others. I, I'll really say more about that next week. Next week we're going to talk about the water thief is the name of the, of the sermon for next week. And uh, but I've already been reading it, looking at it, and and everything. And one of the statements that's, that's made in the Outflow book is that somehow we we don't trust God enough to think that God can meet our needs, and that's why we try and hold on to it ourselves instead of trust Him. And I think that's really true in our culture. And we'll talk more about that, how that can can rob us from having water to give to others. Spiritual water to give for others. But I want you to understand, back to this analogy, God, God wants to fill us up. 
with His blessings so we overflow in family and friends. We overflow to the community. We overflow to the world around us. I want you to look at several categories that, that we need to bless others. We need to provide material blessings. Paul is writing about taking an offering up and delivering an offering to Jerusalem that was taken up among the Gentiles. And, and Paul said, At present, however, I'm going to Jerusalem, bringing aid to the saints. For Macedonia and Achaia, I have been pleased to make some contribution for the poor among the saints in Jerusalem. They were pleased to do it, and indeed they owe it to them. For the Gentiles have come to share in their spiritual blessings, in other words, in the spiritual blessings of, of the Jews, of, of Israel, of God's people, they ought to also be of service to them in material blessings. Now, now get the equation more or less there. The spiritual math, the biblical math that God's using. So a lot of times we'll think like this. Well, God, if you'd bless me a million dollars, I would help other people. I would bless other people. But see, that's not the way that was phrased. The way it's phrased is if we have shared in spiritual blessings, we ought to materially bless other people. Our obligation before God to materially bless someone is not based upon how much God materially blesses us, it's whether you've been spiritually blessed. And those of us who know Christ as our Savior cannot deny that we have been spiritually blessed and how much that ought to cause our hearts and our lives to, to overflow, to outflow into the life of, of someone else. We ought to have impartial blessings also in, in our lives. In other words, we don't pick and choose who we're going to bless and who we're not going to bless based upon whether we like them or whether they're an enemy or whether they're like us. Jesus in his Sermon on the Mount said, But I say to you who hear, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. The one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from the one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who begs from you. And from the one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. And as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them, that golden rule type thing. If you love those who love you, what benefit is it? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you can expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners... Lend to sinners to get back the same amount. But Jesus says, but love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. And your reward, your reward will be great and you'll be the sons of the Most High for He is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful even as your Father is merciful. Basically, if we want to look more like God and be more like God, we need to bless others even if there's no chance they will ever bless us. Even if it's someone that is not like us, different than us, even an enemy that might be cursing you, God says to bless them. That we ought to minister to them. Romans chapter 12, verse 13 and 14 says this, Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. But he goes on, he says, Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. 
Oh, yes, take care of our own needs, take care of believers. But, he's saying, even those that are really difficult and those that are persecuting you, you need to bless them and not curse them. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 11 says, When reviled, we bless. Instead of reviling back in response. God is infusing blessings into our lives. As Christians, we need to have an outflow of blessings, material blessings, impartial blessings. And we need to understand that from God's perspective, He expects us to do it. There's expected blessing. Finally, all of you have unity of mind. Sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and an humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless. And then notice what He says. For to this you were called, that you can obtain a blessing. In other words, God has a calling that He's placed on our lives as believers to bless others. It's not like we have to have a church conference and vote and say, all right, we're going to do this to bless someone. We've decided we ought to bless others. God tells us to do it. He tells us there's a definite call placed upon our lives for us to be a, a blessing to others. And before we start making any excuses, we've already seen this verse in this series before we start saying, but, but some can, I just can't, I'm different, I can't really bless others. You need to understand something that you've been empowered to do so. We have empowered blessings from God. Ephesians, now to him who's able to do far more abundantly than all we can ask or think, according to the power at work within us. God can do more than we can even ask, imagine, or anything, but He wants to do it in our lives. You've been empowered by God, by an almighty, all-powerful God, to where you can outflow the blessings that God puts in you to bless others. And the last thing I want you to get is this. The blessings that we need to give others ought to be based in grace. They ought to be grace-based blessings. Here's what I mean by that. You, you and I, we're not blessed by God. You and I were not saved. You and I are not on our way to heaven because we deserved it. Or because we earned it. God chose to send His Son into this world. God chose to put His Son on a cross to die for our sins. God chose to offer you, even though you don't deserve it and you can't earn it, He chose to offer you, He chose to offer me, eternal life as a free gift based upon His grace. So following that pattern, you and I ought to bless others based upon grace. We shouldn't bless others just because we think they deserve it or because somehow they, we think maybe they have earned it. We ought to bless them in the same way that God blesses us. It ought to be a grace-based blessing that we extend to others. Look at what he says here in, in Revelation 21 verse 6. And he said to me, it is done. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. Basically, God is saying, I'm going to give people eternal life. Let them drink from my spring of eternal life without payment. I'm giving it to them for free. 
And in like fashion, you and I should, should bless people like God's blessed us. The only criteria is this, that they're thirsty. God said to the thirsty, I'll give them to drink from the spring of everlasting life, of eternal life. There's a point, if you're a Christian, there's a point in time in your life that one day you became thirsty for forgiveness. You became thirsty for salvation. And you came to Jesus and you took a drink and it was completely free. In the same way, you and I need to be looking for thirsty people because we're supposed to be like a fountain. We need to be looking for thirsty people. So the blessings that God puts in our lives can flow from our lives to meet the need, to meet the thirst of that other person. So God can use us to bless them. We need to do more than just have concerned words. We need to have compassionate action in our lives. We need to recognize how God has poured blessings into our lives, not for us just to keep for ourselves, but for it to overflow into the lives of others. And for us to outflow and bless others. I want to give you a, a little practical exercise to, uh, to do, hopefully over the next days, weeks, maybe months. Find you a big jar, like a big mason jar. Some of you have probably done this with pennies and nickels and dimes and quarters, and you throw it in every now and then. You'll dump it out, count it, take it to the bank. Well, get you a jar and put it in a place where you'll walk by it quite often. And a little pad of paper and a pen. And every time you pass by, maybe you stop and ask yourself, how has God blessed me? And hesitate and, and write down the blessing and put it inside the jar. Put it in a conspicuous place where you'll pass by. Some of us need to just put it in the refrigerator. When we reach in to get something to eat, we'll see it. But as you walk by, over a period of days and weeks and months, write down how God's blessed you and put it in. You know what you'll see? You'll see that jar start to fill up. And my suggestion is every now and then, dump it out on the counter and count your blessings. And read through how, how God's blessed you. Remind yourself of the blessings of God. And then at the same time, remember this. God didn't do that just for you. God gave you those blessings so you can in turn bless others. John was a pastor in Kenya. And John really felt impressed he needed to come to America to go to a church growth conference in Ohio. And he'd been a little bit hesitant because he'd be leaving his family behind and kind of worried about their safety and, and things, but he really, really felt impressed that God wanted him to go. So he, he got the funds together and he, and he flew to Ohio to attend this church conference. Right after he arrived, this Kenyan pastor gets a phone call from Kenya. And one of the wives of one of the pastors that was put on the conference was standing next to him. She had gone to get him, brought him to answer the phone. And she was listening to the conversation. And she could tell something was really wrong. And she thought maybe someone on the other side was a family member sick, a church member 
had died or, or something like that. And, and when he got off the phone, he, he told her during the night last night, thieves came and they stole our cow. They see, in our culture, we might not understand the significance of that, but if you're living in Kenya, Africa, a cow is a pretty important thing for your family to be able to get the, the, the milk and... But as he thought about it, he started to second-guess himself about even having left his family and go to this conference in Ohio. And then he realized that God had impressed him to come there for another reason also, because he said, if I had stayed behind and been there, I would have tried to stop the thieves and I probably would have been killed. The pastor's wife that was over here in the conversation, she didn't tell him anything. She left and went to her bank and went to a Western Union and wired enough money to the family there in Kenya to go buy a new cow out of her own account. While she was gone, this pastor from Kenya, John, shared with the group at this training conference what had happened. And he told them that he realized that God had also led him there to secure his safety and his life. And after he shared his testimony, he didn't know they were going to do it, but they took up a love offering for him and gave him enough money to buy three more cows. But when he went back home, he didn't buy three more cows. He bought the one cow. And he took the rest of the money and he went to the village and he paid teachers who had not been paid in a year. He gave the money to them because they had taught children for a year without any pay. And someone asked him why and he said, because God has been so good to me, God has so blessed me, how can I not bless others? God has blessed us with much more than cows. <laughs> God has so blessed us. How can we help but bless others? Let's pray. Father, God, first of all, I want to pray if there's someone in this place that has never trusted in Your Son for their forgiveness, for everlasting life, for salvation. God, I pray right now you'll help them to see how much you've given. Sent your own son to die on a cross. Full payment for their sins so that through faith in him, they can have everlasting life. Father, if there's someone here that needs everlasting life this morning, speak to them. But Father, I, God, I pray for the rest of us that already know you. God, I pray right now you would remind us right now in this moment, but Father, over the next days and weeks and months throughout our life, help us to reflect upon your great blessings in our lives. And help us to realize you've not poured into us for us just to contain and keep. But you have poured your blessing into us so we can outflow, so we can outpour into the lives of others and bless them.
Help us to make commitments to be your fountain in this world. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this sermon audio production from Day 3 Church. We pray that it has ministered to you. For more information about our location, service times, or other sermon podcasts, please visit us online at day3church.org. Day 3 Church. Experience a new day in your life.